morning. Good morning. Hello, hello, hello. And thank you for tuning in to this podcast channel from Wig We, the number two, Natural Oil Hair. I am your host, Natural Keisha. And this podcast channel can be followed on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at From Wig We, the number two, Natural Oil Hair. Today we have a special guest. Guest, can you introduce yourself to the listeners? A little background about yourself and the type of business you perform. Yes, I'm very happy to do so, Natural Keisha. So I will start out with my introduction. I am Sister Locked Sonia. My name is Dr. Sonia Cunningham Leverett. I am the founder and owner of Hadassah's Crown Publishing. Before I became a publisher, I was a, a school teacher. I taught English for 11 years before moving into administration. I retired as an assistant superintendent and had an awesome career. I love children. So from there, I segued into writing children's books after having published a couple of my own personal or autobiographical short stories. I've also published my father's book, but in addition to publishing seven books myself, I have published nearly 30 books for others as well under the name Hadassah's Crown Publishing. So that is what I am doing now. In addition to coaching authors on the weekends, I also spend time in schools doing author visits. So I am loving life because I love books and I also get to still continue my um, interaction with children pretty much on a weekly basis. Wow, what an accomplishment. I see that you are an educator. You have um, best, you're a best-selling author. Um, you're a speaker, publishing coach. You have accomplished a whole lot. And English, for one, is one of my favorite subjects. And I also love to read. Oh, that's awesome. That Well, we have a lot in common. Yes. What got you interested in this field? Well, for one, I have loved books since I was very, very, very young. We had lots of toys. There were many things to do without the electronics that children have today. But one of my, some of my favorite memories involved my father reading to my sisters and me before we would go to bed at night. And when I learned to read, first of all, I never rested until I could read. I bugged everybody. I would go from my four family members asking, what's this word? What's this word? What's this word? And so between the four of them, I would finish a sentence. And so I was an early reader and just truly enjoyed it. And I was the type of nerdy child who, if I went into CVS, it was Refco back in the day, I didn't go on the toy aisle, I went on the craft aisle, the coloring books, the crayons, the paper. I always wanted school supplies. And so I would draw and pretend that I was an author and an artist way back when, way back then. And so I knew early too that I wanted to be a teacher. In third grade, I pretty much solidified that career choice but it wasn't until high school when I took honors English that I said, you know what, if I can do this all day long, every day, it won't even seem like work. 
And so I tremendously enjoyed being in the classroom and reading, writing, coaching others, editing. That's what I enjoy. And it's very interesting that after retirement, I found myself right back to reading, writing, and editing. Wow, so awesome. How did you come up with the name for your books? Would it be on personal experiences or what's going on in the world? All of my books at this point have been personal experiences. My bestseller, BJ's Big Dream, is actually my son and his story of how badly he wanted long hair. He wanted his hair locked, but it didn't happen for him right off. So it took him a minute. And I wanted his model to teach children all over the world that if you want something bad enough, if you have the faith, if you have the perseverance, you can have it. So that's BJ's Big Dream. Three of my other books are about children's experiences, that childhood experiences that I had. And then my last children's book, Oh to Be a Bulldog, is dedicated to South Carolina State University. But it is my story of the first time my parents took us to that university. And my goal there is to encourage children very young, regardless as to what college they decide to attend that they can start planning very early and they should start planning very early and so all of the books are personal experiences um, basically written from my childhood based on stories that I actually lived through myself awesome why is it important for a child to learn to read Reading is the doorway for life. In order to do well in school, reading skills are fundamental and essential. Reading is the foundation for every other subject. And illiteracy in this age of information is just a true, true, true handicap. And so the earlier we can get our babies reading, the better off they're going to be. And my advice to children is just read, 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 read. And so if there are issues with reading that are identified very early on at school or at home, those have to be worked through. You know, if if our child breaks a toe or breaks a leg, we immediately take them to the hospital. We get them mended so that they can be put back together. But we have to do the very same thing with reading. We have to identify any problems early on so that those aren't stumbling blocks and that that does not hinder a child's academic success and performance because all of that is tied to the whole being, to the self-esteem and just, again, the overall success in life. Yes, because there are being multiple I can say diagnosed with a learning disability and that kind of conflicts with their reading. You know, they're sounding out words totally different or they're behind on their reading level when they mm-hmm. should be, be ahead or pretty much on the same page as their grade level, mm-hmm. the level, mm-hmm. um, but they're like kindergarten reading, first grade reading when they're in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade. And mm-hmm. some of the younger crowd, even the teenagers that mm-hmm. are in middle school, high school mm-hmm. some of them are reading elementary level instead mm-hmm. of 
the middle school or the high school level because of this learning disability that a lot of our kids are being diagnosed with. That's true. That is so true. And you, I'm sure, are familiar with the um, research that says that in third grade that prisons are planned and built based on the number of children who are not reading by third grade. And many states now are retaining children who aren't on grade level at third grade. That's how critical it is for our children to be able to read. And when a child gets to middle school and high school, you know, they are truly placing themselves economically at the very bottom of the entire, um, you know, scale throughout life because that reading is essential. And the better you read, the more likely you are to, you know, be able to go to a school. um, and, And it depends on the type of school that you can go to. It also determines the type of career that you're able to have all based on your reading ability. So as you say, it's extremely important to make sure our children are reading very well, very early in life. Yes. And then what gets me is that a lot of teachers are just passing these kids, Mm -hmm. knowing that they're suffering from this possible Mm -hmm. disability. But the parents, too, help to you know, observe their child to see how your child is reading, reach out in touch with teachers mm-hmm. and teachers, go to the principal, go to the counselors and let them be aware of this because I understand a lot of people say that's not my child, so I don't care. But if you care enough, you're going to go to the higher demander mm-hmm. and demand some type of assistance because exactly. they're going to get older they're going to be grown. They're going to be on their own one day. Mm-hmm. And the make is reading. That mm-hmm. never, reading and math never stops. Because once you get to that certain point of age, you have to do a job application. And mm-hmm. you must know how to read that job application in order to know where your name goes, your social security number, etc. Exactly. But if you don't know these words in school or know how to do this in school, then you will not know how to do this on your own. You will always need assistance. I mean, it's even people out here that are grown that can't read. Exactly. That's true. And sometimes we forget how closely reading, writing, and speaking are tied together because if you're a poor reader, then you are a poor writer. If you're a poor writer, you're a poor speaker. And all of those elements of communication are required for job interviews and for, you know, placement, whether it's in the military, whether it's in high school, college, you know, so much is determined by your reading level. Yes, and we must educate, read, get that knowledge, because from what I was told when I was much younger, Uh reading is knowledge. And not only are you feeding your brain food that we eat on a daily basis, mm-hmm. but feed it those words out of the book and those words you don't know. And a definition behind a word is always good. So if you don't know exactly what that word means, it's always good to go get a dictionary, look up that word, get the meaning of that word also. Exactly. Exactly. 
the benefits of reading out loud they're oh they're so amazing when you can read out loud to a child or have that child read out loud to you yes do you read out loud to kids I do all the time and I absolutely love it um, with the two books that I generally go into schools with BJ's Big Dream and Oh to Be a Bulldog I have presentations that make it a little bit more interactive for example the music playing in the background some references pointed out from the book but I want them to see it on a big screen and the words of course because Our children today love technology and they're so used to it and they love seeing things on the big screen. And so I do everything I can to try to make the book as exciting as possible. So during the read aloud, I want them to see it visually. Yes. And another thing is we must get these kids eyes checked because that can play the biggest part of them not seeing the word fully as it appears on that white sheet of paper. Exactly. I'm glad you said that um, I supervise the nursing departments um, in the last two districts that I served in and the screenings for hearing and for um, the eyesight, those were extremely important. And I was so glad to see how many children, you know, saved themselves so much time by having the screenings performed so that if there were hearing issues that were preventing them, you know, from being able to speak appropriately or to, to hear, you know, the words pronounced appropriately, those were detected early on so that those couldn't hinder a child from reading. Early intervention, early screenings are key to to a child's success. Yes. Why is it important to ask questions when reading? So that children have a good understanding and they're comprehending. When you read to a group of children, they are on different levels, and so some of the tech, some of the vocabulary may be. Um, understood by some but it may not be understood by by all and so making sure that there's a clear level playing ground and then when you ask a child questions you help them prepare for their own reading by the by themselves so that when they go through um, a book and their words that they don't understand then they know how to ask and they also are learning very early on how to find that information for themselves how to figure out what a word means and how also to understand concepts or ideas that are not familiar familiar with them and that just enhances their overall learning so that their reading skills improve but they're learning more about life as they are introduced to new books and to new content as well. Yes. What book or series do you hope and pray will be turned into a movie or a TV show one day? I am starting to follow some new authors. For example, um, there's Nick Stone and her books and also I'm not I don't have the author's name in front of me but she wrote Dear uh, Martin and Dear Justice 
those are come well dear justice is coming out very soon i would love to see those on the big screen because i know i see on social media i see on her web page and youtube just how influential those books are so i would love to see those on the big screen one day yes and then i love the way how multiple authors are coming out with books relating to just to say the black culture you know us dealing with our hair us dealing with our skin color us dealing with the daily problems that kids go through in school as far as the bullying Uh you know that nature i love that because it's not only helping the parents when it comes to those situations but it's helping our kids learn how to manage those situations you know you can tell a person one thing and they can do another exactly and they have those books out so more kids can be engaged into reading because some of them are going through some of those problems and you know we're telling them day in day out about it but when they're reading it it's a different story because it also it's it also have the cartoon characters that have the same skin color as them mm-hmm. the same type of hair they have so i love the artist too that draws those pictures in the books exactly exactly so when hair love won the oscar for the um, short documentary i you i just can't explain what that did to me because when I first wrote and published BJ's Big Dream, there were so many brown people who looked at me and were like, um, why is this important? You know, there were so many things that I'm sure your son dreamed about. There were so many things that your son went through. Why would you choose this story of all to write about? And so if you haven't lived it, if you haven't seen it, then you don't understand. And it saddens me too often when I see so many of our people who don't understand wanting won't under understand people wanting to be natural and appreciating the hair that we have why must I perm my hair or press it or straighten it so that it can look like someone else's I need to be comfortable in the skin that I'm in if I choose to straighten it then that's my decision but I shouldn't have to and so when that won the Oscar again that just was extremely it it brought so much pride but since then I have come to the realization that there are you know tons of books out there that really help try to boost children's esteem and teach them who they are and that there is value in who they are just as they are and so I'm glad to see that there's just been a big movement on the self-esteem the hair and the skin just loving again who you are so I'm I'm just proud of the era that we're in right now yes what do you think attracts kids to a book for one the cover of course is the first thing that a child sees but two children hopefully are taught by their parents and by their teachers to delve a little bit more deeply so that the book relates to something in your life. Um, I always told children that if they didn't enjoy reading, they just had not at that point found the book that was for them. They, they had not found 
the book that appealed to their reading interests. So I would, at the beginning of the school year with my English students, ask them questions through an interest survey. What is it that you enjoy doing? You know, what do you really like? And so when we would go to the library, that would help me get them in the right section. And my goal for each one of my students, and sometimes I would have 160 to 175 students in one school year, those especially who were book haters at the beginning of the year, my goal was to turn them into book lovers. And so it was interesting. I wish I could have filmed at the beginning of the year how there were some who would squirm. They would try to, to sleep. They wanted to go to the restroom. They wanted to go to get water. The reading period that we do every day for 15 to 20 minutes, they hated it. But by the end of the year, they begged, please, 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 can we have more? Can we just read? Can we have a reading day? And that warmed and delighted my heart. Um, if someone is being bullied and I know it, then that's something that I would um, steer them towards in the library. So social issues, um, whether it's and, and also cars, whatever it is that a child has in their mind already as an interest, a hobby or something that they're dealing with, that's where I would try to steer them so that they could find reading material that they can relate to because that's in, that's very important when it comes to having a love for reading. Exactly correct. Do you prefer old books or new ones? I'm always kind of a mixed bag person. So let's say I'm going to the beach tomorrow. My bag or my Kindle is going to have some self-help. It's going to have a religious devotional book. It's going to have something old and it's going to have something new. And the old is probably going to be something by Maya Angelou or um, one of my old Joyce Myers picks. I, I just love reading across the gamut and making sure that I have some of everything. But I do enjoy um, new books as well. So for me, again, it's a mixed bag because I, I go back to my old ones, yet I want something new. And generally, I'm reading about five books on any given day. What books can you recommend to me for my little ones to read and how old are your little ones i have a nine-year-old okay well i would certainly start with hadassah's crowns titles bj's big dream i think is a great one just to instill that self-esteem and to let your nine-year-old know about the successful planning and implementation of a dream. And then I have um, Oh To Be A Bulldog that again, it is about South Carolina State University, but it inspires children at their elementary ages to go ahead and start planning. It tells them the tools that they need to be successful so that they can go to whatever college it is that they want and that they can start planning very early too to fulfill that college and career dream. I would, um, again, you know, find out more about your child so that I would know the interest and then turn them on to the authors who write about those interests. And so 
I would recommend that they have something that is going to help them, whether it's um, socio-emotional, if, if they're dealing with um, just, you know, beat or feeling good about themselves, that would be the, the title that I would choose for them. But then they need something that's entertaining. So perhaps some type of fictional book that appeals to their interest, um, some type of devotional that also builds them up as well, but just a, a variety of books. And, and honestly, I don't, as long as the book is pretty much appropriate age-wise and content-wise for the child, I don't think that you can go wrong with with any choice. It's just it has to be of high interest and engaging so the child is not turned off by reading. Mm. Do you prefer nonfiction, fiction, short stories or novels? I, again, I'm a mixed bag type of person in just the same way that I enjoy all sorts of music. I enjoy all sorts of genres of books. Sometimes I just want to read poetry. Sometimes I just want to get into a really, really good, juicy, fictional novel so that I can, um, you know, just pretend I'm in the book and just play it out with the characters. I love suspense and surprises. I'm thinking that the book's going to end one way and I just get my little, you know, thoughts just get torn all to pieces because that's not what the author had in mind at all. Now, those are some of the best books that are out there. And um, I, I do tend to read fiction more than I do nonfiction, except when it comes to self-help. Now, my devotionals and my religious readings, those are definitely nonfiction, but for pleasure and entertainment, I always go to fiction. What genres do you love? Again, it would be the fictional novels, but also the self-help and the Christian books. Those would be my favorites. Do you judge a book by its cover? Definitely. I'm like everyone else, but as a publisher and getting the opportunity to help authors design their covers, I'm just amazed at sometimes how simple a cover can be with maybe just one image, perhaps a flower or a train. It, it doesn't have to have a whole lot going on. But then sometimes there are covers that are very, very busy. And so, you know, it just depends on the subject matter, the title. And I think what we learned from that, I, I did a class last week for some aspiring authors and, and we study covers. And what we learn is that, you know, the cover is great. It should be appealing and eye-catching. But there's so much you don't get and, and you can't figure out from the cover. So that's why from the front cover to the back cover, what's on the inside is so, so, so very important. So I it covers are somewhat of a mystery to me that I'm trying to unlock. I don't know if I'll ever be successful, but I'm glad you asked that question because that's something that's pretty hot and heavy in the forefront of my mind, covers designing the very, very best and just learning too for readers how much you know the covers actually mean to them yes and i once had that mistake made as a young child going to the library you know excited about the library uh -huh. cards 
I had a library card and still do as an adult. Um, going to the library and seeing um, a book cover and saying, oh, that's not going to be a great book. But my teacher had to pull me beside and let me know that you could be missing a lot by judging that book by its cover because the inside is what matters. Now, that has an ugly cover or a picture that is ugly mm-hmm. to me, but it turned out to be a very good mm-hmm. book and I love it. And I even turned my kids on to read the same books, the same author. You know, he probably made different mm-hmm. books, but now I like his whole line of oh, books. Oh, that's awesome. And that's and that was Stephen King, because you know he made a lot of scary movies. Yes. And being a child, you know, you don't want the scariness because you're scared you're gonna have nightmares. Uh-huh. But turned out that all his books had movies behind. That's them. true. And I was so shocked. So I'm like, I know this movie. I read mm-hmm. the book. And there goes the movie <laughs> playing as the book said wow well I'm glad you brought that point up because what is visually appealing to me as far as a cover may not be visually appearing appealing to someone else and we do have to look beyond the surface that's when we meet people that's when we see things because the beauty may definitely be on the inside and I would say too that the back cover is just as important as the front cover because you definitely want to read that description and find out more about the book if it's a hard cover with a uh, jacket you want to read that flap on the inside but again we shouldn't rule it out just because there may be an image or a graphic on the front that we don't necessarily like or approve of yes most definitely where do you like to read I like to read anywhere I am not so much of a desk person because I enjoy standing and reading so I do have one of those extended extendable desk tops I read standing at the bar because sometimes I'm jogging in place Uh, I'm usually in Fitbit competitions during the week and I like to win so I like to keep it moving if I do sit I like to kind of curl up on the couch and read I've never been really good to read in bed unless I am sitting up because if I lay down I tend to fall asleep but I like to um, to curl up on, on a comfortable couch maybe with the throw and, and that's a great reading spot as well as actually sitting and reading on the beach that's one of my favorite places as well mm, those are some great places to read <laughs> I tend to fall asleep myself if I'm reading in uh-huh. the bed and then thing I know I'm um, starring in that book <laughs> it's like a movie I drink all asleep and you know just sitting by the beach and reading is very refreshing uh-huh. you know it breathes from the water and it can take you places that you've never been just by yes. reading yes that's mostly about it I love that about books and if I can just say this that you know I didn't say earlier reading is an education or the possibilities for pulling someone from poverty and helping them to get far in life if you have ever followed sometimes 
children who may be homeless or who live in just you know desperate desperate impoverished areas if they can truly become good readers then that will take them pretty much wherever they want to go in life so the quote that says education is the um, road that leads out of poverty I truly believe that but for for those who aren't able to travel and who aren't able to go places there are many places in the world that I have not been yet that I aspire to get to but I can read about it and I can basically put myself in that situation and pretend that I'm there through the words in a book so books like you say I mean they are so very important because they can even put us in situations that we've never been in things we've never even thought about but there's no better way to expand the mind than through a book yes what's your favorite drink snack or beverage to have beside you while you're reading if any to me Reading is a movie that I am envisioning or visualizing as I read those black and white words on the page, those black words on the white page. And so it's fitting that my favorite snack is popcorn. And when I'm good, I'll have the skinny pop or the the light popcorn, maybe kettle corn by um, Smart Pop. But if I'm really, really bad, then I might have some of that movie theater butter popcorn. But I still try to um, be healthy with it and, and drink my water as I have that that snack um, as I read. Yes, I have noticed that a lot of kids love to snack. Like my nine-year-old, uh-huh. when he's ready to read, he'll say, can I have a snack? And I'm like, as long as you're going to read those words on that uh-huh. paper now don't have a snack and then oh you don't want to read mm-hmm. anymore now this power you and give you that concentration you need uh-huh. to read that book have that snack please have that snack <laughs> <laughs> whatever it takes huh <laughs> Yes, I just need to gain your attention because, you know, as kids, they always seem they have to go to the bathroom, they're tired, they're hungry, you know, they come up with all kinds of excuses just to avoid the readings. Uh (laughs) If you have to eat that snack while reading, then do so. (laughs) How many books do you read a month? I would say at least five and I do have to count the books that I'm publishing. I There's no other joy, no better joy than when I receive a fresh manuscript from an author who wants to publish because I have grown so much from learning about people and many are local. They live in the state of South Carolina where I live. I have, I do have clients across the country and other states as well, but I I learn and grow so much from their perspectives and from things that they've learned throughout their lives. So usually I'm reading one to two manuscripts um, of, you know, submitted works per month in addition to my devotion, my self-help book, and then the novel that I'm reading as well. So I would say at least five. Mm, great. <laughs> I read about two books per month. I'm a day reader, maybe an hour reader. If I don't have anything to do, I'll read or give me a 
book and that as well because watch too much TV go ahead and read a little bit because it's you said your speech writing as well as holding conversation What's your book when you were a child? I'm sorry. I'm, we're having some technical difficulty. I had trouble hearing you. It was breaking up. Oh, I'm sorry. The question? No, that's okay. Yes. What was your favorite book when you were a child? When I was a child, there was a book called The Roly Poly People that my dad would read to my sisters and me at night. And we would giggle until our stomachs were hurting. And as an adult, I've been so disappointed that I cannot find that book. You know, I was a chubby child and to me, the book was still funny and it was fun. But I think the book now wouldn't be politically correct because it it poked fun at the people who had stomachs so big that they could actually roll everywhere they went. And so perhaps the book has been banned or it's no longer available because that was definitely one of the books I wanted to read to my son when he was growing up. But I will splurge a little bit on the answer and say that the the favorite book that he had that I read to him was The Carrot Seed. And that also inspired BJ's Big Dream because it is just a precious book about a little boy who is so determined to make his carrot seed grow that his family, who's very negative, and they keep telling him, you're crazy. Why do you keep watering that soil? Why do you keep doing this? Why do you keep, it's not going to grow. It's not going to grow. But his faith, perseverance, and determination caused him to actually have a plant after a while when everybody else would have given up he continued and I hate to reveal the entire plot but it's such a cute book I do um, truly recommend that as one that you add to your yourself as well because it's a cute story but it truly teaches children a skill that they can use throughout their lives mm. and what's the last book you bought I have to go back to hair love. I'm actually attending a baby shower tomorrow. And of course, we don't know what the baby looks like, what texture the baby's hair is going to be or any of that, but it doesn't matter. I pray that this child is going to have hair love. And so I ordered the book hair love to um, be a part of the gift that I give tomorrow at the shower. Yes. Did you buy it online or at a store? I bought it online just because of time. Um, And then, too, it would have taken a while in the area that I live to actually figure out what store actually carries it, which is which is pretty sad. But we just don't have an abundance of diverse books where I live. Which you think is better? Um, would it be an ebook, a paperback, or both? I love them both, but as a children's book author, what I found is that parents typically buy children's books that they can hold, and parents prefer hardback books 
But sometimes what hinders parents from buying the hardback book is the cost. So I would say that paperback books are pretty much number one just because people do want to feel the book and it's important for a child to actually see their library books and then too so that they disengage with their tablets if their entire bookshelf is on their kindle or their tablet then that's just more screen time that they're tied to so i would my preference would be paperbacks and then hardbacks and then the kindle or the ebook what gifts do you have that you could use to bless others I truly feel that my gift of editing and English language arts are gifts that I can bless others with. And I'm blessed to be in a position where I can use those right now to help and encourage aspiring writers to give them feedback and to appropriately edit their books before we actually publish those. So thank goodness I'm I'm in a position and I'm very happy and excited to be using my gifts at this point. What things have you done that make you the most proudest of yourself? I would say at this point, um, having finished a great educational career where I loved every single year that I did what I did, And then when I walked away um, into retirement, I didn't have regrets because I truly feel that the majority of my life has been spent helping children, families, and others. But knowing that I was walking into another career where I'm still helping other people, I'm still able to interact with children, and just, you know, again, living a life of service where I am using and giving of my gifts, that those things make me um, extremely proud because I do believe that between our years during the dash it's important what we do and again living a life of service is extremely important yes what piece of advice can you give to a child that is reading books daily My advice would be, first of all, kudos. And my advice, again, is to read, 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 continue. Don't ever let other children say to you, oh, you're a nerd. Nobody reads. You need to come do this. You need to come do that. Basketball, football, baseball, those are great. But don't let that crowd your your time so much that you don't have time to read. So if you're reading daily now, continue read more and more and more challenge yourself to see if you can read more books and with that reading keep a journal write respond to what you're reading write down your questions write down how much you're reading so you can go back at the end of the year and say wow did I really read 60 books you know and so challenge yourself next year read 100 books but keep that reading going and continue finding those books that you truly love What tips can you give to parents to inspire their children to read books? Again, I would say help your child find books that he or she really likes and enjoy. And make sure that you use reading as 
make it rewarding. Um, it should be a fun family trip to go to the library or go to Barnes and Noble or Books a Million or, or support the local bookstores as well. But it should not be something that children do here and there and that they're rewarded for, but it should be something done every day and it should be an expectation. And children need to see parents reading as well so that they understand that, you know, this is not something that's optional. This is mandated. This is something that we have to do. So again, expect it and then model it as well. What advice can you give to kids that are not reading? My advice is, first of all, hopefully there's an adult who can help you find out why you aren't reading. And once you get to the bottom of it, whether it's, um, you know, just to give a little short story, and I know we're about out of time, I did have a, a child give a book back to me and she said, I don't want that. But later she came and she actually crawled up in my lap and she said, I don't know how to read. So I don't want your gift of a book. And it about broke my heart. And so I went to her teachers and guidance counselors and said, I don't know what the problem is, but you need to be finding out why this child isn't reading and help her read. She wants to read. So my advice is to get to the bottom of the reason that, you know, the child isn't reading, get that corrected as soon as possible. Most definitely, that is very correct. We do need to do that. That's pretty much what we were talking about early in the segment here. What advice can you give to parents, teachers, relatives that are promoting the kids to read? Make sure that you're using a diverse um, book base. Children of all races and nationalities should see themselves reflected within the book. And books that have images of brown or black children on the front, those books are not just for children who are brown or black. All children should read books about all different races because we live in this world together and um, together we make it strong. And so children should be exposed to books by all different types of authors, all different types of genres. And um, again, just make it very diverse. How can listeners follow in or purchase books from you? My books are all available on Amazon. They are also available at Hadassah's Crown Publishing. So if you have a shower, a party, or any reason that you need children's books, visit Hadassah's Crown Publishing. And Hadassah's is spelled H-A-D as in dog, A-S-S-A-H-S. And that comes from Hadassah, um, the original name of Queen Esther in the Bible. But again, HadassahsCrownPublishing.com and purchase there so that you can receive autographed copies. And I surely do thank you for being a guest on this podcast channel to discuss your books and to enlighten us all on why our kids in this whole wide world need to read.
Thank you so much, Natural Natural Keisha. This has been a tremendous delight for me. I've enjoyed our time together. I enjoy following you, and I appreciate all you're doing for the literary community. Yes, thank you. And if I must say to your listeners, no child is too young or too old to get a library card. Please obtain a library card inspire the kids to read you know we are a example to our kids future so what they see you doing they do so if they see you reading they might be encouraged to read so read to them and also let them read to you let's stop this learning disability that's going worldwide let's stop it at its point. Let's stop it. Let's see these kids read and achieve and be young, possible authors. Anything else you would like for us to know, Miss Dr. No, Sonia? Again, I've enjoyed it. Thank you for contributing to the literary community. If anyone you know wants children's books or wants to support the other authors of Hadassah's Crown, please visit my website, hadassahscrownpublishing.com. And if you're an aspiring writer or author, please look me up as well. Not only do I help with self-publishing, but I also coach and assist authors to self-publish on their own. So I'm just looking forward to hearing from some new people. Thank you again for this awesome opportunity. You're so welcome. And this podcast channel can be followed on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at From Wig Weave, the number two, Natural Hair. And if you would like to be a guest on this podcast channel, simply send an email to From Wig Weave, the number two, Natural at gmail.com. That is our time, guys. Thank you for listening in. Tune into the next segment. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.